Girl. Hi, you're listening to episode 18 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Monday, November 27th. And we are here with a very special guest tonight, Sabah Tahir. Hello. Hi. Yay, I'm here. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. I know. This is very exciting. Um, I think we're excited. Do you think we're excited? (laughs) I think we are. Yes. I think that's the the one thing you can rely on consistently from Daisy Geek Girls is a very, very high level of excitement. We will always be excited about something. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So you're here so that we can talk about The Force Awakens. Yes. Very excited to talk about this, and I was excited I got to watch it again. I had an excuse to watch it again. <laughs> um, it's but it's like a good and a bad thing, right? Because like you'll be watching something that you're like, I loved it the first time, and then you'll be like, Oh, I didn't notice that like completely horrible like racist thing <laughs> until like the second time I watched it. <laughs> oh my god, that always happens, and it's terrible. <laughs> That's a disappointment. Uh, so we're going to get real into that. Um, but Seba, really quickly, before we dive right into the whole conversation, do you want to tell us a little about your relationship to Star Wars? Yeah. Um, so I, you know, like many children of the 80s, started watching Star Wars as a kid, you know, the original series, um, the original movies. And my brothers were huge fans. Um and I never saw them in the theaters at that time, but um, I just remember watching them a lot as a kid on, you know, like my, my, my brother's getting like the VHSs and being super excited and, and you know, watching them over and over again. Um, and really just relating to not just, not just Princess Leia, but also um, Luke Skywalker and kind of the fact that they live in this desert, which is also where I lived. It's like a miserable existence. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like feeling like you don't belong and feeling like there's something better. And that's sort of how I, um, I, I got into Star Wars. And then um, obviously we shall not speak of the next three movies like let's just pretend that didn't happen um and um but I've you know I've I've, I've always just just liked the world and then um recently I actually was part of a um a, sh- a book of short stories from the Star Wars world um and I I was really excited about that because I had always felt like um I, I was always bothered by sort of the t- portrayal of the Tusken Raiders the the sand people um I just I didn't like that they were called the sand people. And I've been like, mm-hmm. the, you know, like the way they're portrayed, like the way they speak and like their language and stuff. I just felt like everything about it was just horrible. Um, and so I wanted to be able to write something from the point of view of a Tuscan Raider girl. And um, the Star Wars folks were like super cool with it. And they were like, sure, go for it. So um, that was a really fun like project for me. And it kind of got me like back into the Star Wars world. So that was nice. Yeah, that's, we, we are very big fans of From a Certain Point of View. Yes, we are. It's, it's, it's just a fun book, and it's got a lot of different... It's just got such great random stories. I mean, <laughs> they're <laughs> wonderful, so... Um, okay, so... Okay, so... The Force Awakens, Preeti. I think people know our experience with this. I think we've talked about it enough. I don't know your experience. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> I guess Preeti and I... Like, we solidified our friendship over this movie. <laughs> it's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this movie brought us together. It's so funny because okay. people think that Swapna and I, like, grew up together. Um, yeah, they do. But really, we've only been close for about two years. Yeah. Uh, and this movie is why. Because at, like, two in the morning, she was the one person I knew I could, like, <laughs> text about Luke Skywalker and where he was. And 
what was that his hand in the trailer? Or what does what does Mark Hamill's is kind of small hand? What does Mark Hamill's hand looks look like exactly? Here <laughs> here are like eight pictures of Mark Hamill's hand that I found on the internet. Do we so think it's your, you're like Star Wars ride and die? Yeah. Ride and die. It yes. was. And yeah. to this day, Preeti is one of the only people I can just start a conversation with after like a weekend of not talking. We don't, it's, it's not, how was your weekend? Did you have a good weekend? It's, so I was thinking about the Star Wars thing. <laughs> we still like, do it. No good morning. No hello. No, no. <laughs> none of that. No pleasantries. Um, That's and, awesome. And so with The Force Awakens, you know, um, I think when we both, we both saw it like opening night um, and it was, you know, months of anticipation and kind of came out of it like, I think I liked it. Yeah. But I, I don't, I have to sit with it for a little while. Right. I didn't come out of it being like, that was the best, that was like one of my favorite movies. I came out of it with, I think I liked it, but I was so numb with shock that I couldn't, I couldn't process anything. Why were you numb with shock? I'm just curious. I think because I didn't think it was really real until it actually happened. Like I didn't, I, like in, in the back of my mind, like I didn't think like this could possibly be real. Like it could that really could, be happening. That we could get an enjoyable Star Wars movie in the uh, theater. Okay, I see what you're in our right. lifetime. Because while the prequels and we've discussed the prequels on the show before have their merits, they are not what they are not good movies. No, they're not. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's fair. Yeah. Right, and they're not. So this movie, I know it. I know people are like, it's just like a remake of my my own family members say this to me they're like it's just like a remake of the original of a new hope and i'm like yeah but, but it's this not. but it's not and there are brown people in it so it's really yeah. not yeah i mean i think that's the thing that makes it special is that it has a woman in the lead it has brown people um i think we go to more places with it um like we go we it, it's it's sort of more of like a group movie it mm-hmm. felt to me um, as opposed to, as opposed to like the, the hero, just the hero's journey. I and I really like that about it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, you kind of get sick of just like the one dude who's usually, you know, let's be real, looks exactly the same as all the other dudes who are, you know, having their journey and angsting and all stuff. And it's like, you get tired of that. And to be able to see not just a female lead, but just also her interactions with everybody, mm-hmm. um, and their interactions with her and having that be kind of a big driving force of the the movie. I thought that was special. And that's, uh, to me, that was sort of one of the biggest distinctions between it and, um, and a new hope. I mean, I, I like, I liked a new hope. And I, of course the relationship between um, Han and, and Luke is great. It's, you know, it's like, it's classic. It's wonderful. But I felt like this went a little bit deeper and I like that too. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, and something I want to talk about a little later after we kind of get through the plot is, when we talk about parallels within A New Hope and um, The Force Awakens, one, I think some of them were necessary to earn our trust back as viewers to say, you know, we know how to make a Star Wars movie and we know how to make a good Star Wars movie. And two, just the difference in having the A New Hope, which is like a singular movie at the time on its own, which didn't have any sort of expectations right. in terms of not just like the film going experience, but of story and of plotting because the Star Wars story universe has become so huge now. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I get that. And it's sort of, you kind of, you kind of experience that with books sometimes too, Mm -hmm. right? 
you go in and you read a book that's the first in a series, whether it's from a new author or someone who you've read before, and you go in, you don't have these expectations. Um, you just hope that it's good, right? Mm -hmm. Or at least I do. You yeah. just sort of go in yeah. hoping that it's a good book. And then as you go further on, you know, from the author's point of view, for me, it's sort of like, you know, hear, you know, having to hear reader expectations and eventually having to kind of turn those off and be like, okay, let me just focus on writing the best story I can because I am not going to make everyone happy. Um, and I kind of feel like to some degree, maybe that's what they ended up doing is turning off reader expectations and being like, what do we think right now in this moment, the best Star Wars movie mm -hmm. that we can make be and yeah. making that as opposed to, um, as opposed to sort of making everyone happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also a big difference. Um, it is, as Preeti and I experienced, it is very difficult to talk about A New Hope without the context of what comes after. Like knowing what has come yeah. after and what it has launched. It was Wait, really, Wait, don't spoil really... them for me. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, this is the first yeah, movie I've ever seen. Now, like, sorry. <laughs> um, we, uh, we, were, we found it really difficult to talk about just A New Hope without, and we I don't think we really were able to talk about it without talking about the, its implications of what came after and what Lucas knew and what he didn't when he was writing right. it. And um, this movie, I feel like, in some ways stands on its own better because you yeah. know there's a sure. bigger plan here. Um, yeah. You don't agree, Freaky? Are you I like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I can I, disagree. <laughs> it's not that I disagree. I think... Uh, one thing that I can't, I mean, I'm fast forwarding now, but one thing that I came out of this movie with on, on this viewing was, you know, cause really before it's like just watching it for fun. And this time I'm watching it in the context of our rewatch and like all of the films. And this movie actually does a lot of what A New Hope does in terms of plotting, because like, we really don't know what the first order is or what their story is or what their relationship is to the Galactic Senate, which we assume has come back into being after um, episode six. And there's a lot of things that are just kind of murky. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. Asked, we're being asked to trust a lot, which happens in A New Hope, too, where you're like, who is the Empire? And what, other than, like, you know, total domination, what do they want? And it doesn't really matter because it was, like, this whatever movie in the 70s. But with, I actually think The Force Awakens fails a little bit because I was expect now I have I do have a higher expectation of story from them of like giving me more and and especially after conversations that came out of Rogue One where people were angry because they felt like they were burned when they didn't engage with all the like collateral Star Wars material right the like um, yeah. yeah so if you go into the Force Awakens with no outside knowledge of Star Wars other than the six movies you know you're gonna get what you're gonna yeah, get but that's a Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I that's a good point. And I do remember now. It's also hard to separate what I've what I learned from The Force Awakens from I have I mean, I think I I think I read every single expanded universe thing in the, you know, new canon that there is. I think. I I've missed some <laughs> comics, I know. But like it's hard to separate what I know about the First Order from like I remember coming out of Force Awakens being like I have no idea what is going right. on in this universe. Right. Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, I think you're right. But did that, like, did that get to you? Did it bother you that you no, didn't know what was going on? Not. Like, not, how did you feel about it? Not in um, first watching on, on second and third viewing, like, didn't bother me. And I really just think because I was looking at it with a more critical eye um, mm -hmm. and because I'm a I want to like things. 
Yeah. And I, I tend to have a level of forgiveness where I'm just like, I don't even care. I'm really enjoying this experience. But yeah. just storytelling wise, I Same. think it's a little weak if you're looking at it just purely from the story perspective. Okay. okay. Well, let's, should we get in? Should we just go ahead and get into it and then get into details? Yes. I guess okay. So. <laughs> um, okay. So we start um, with, on Jakku. Yeah. Which I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. This is embarrassing. I thought that Jakku was Tatooine for like the longest time. I, mean, I was like really confused. I was I like, mean, why is she on the same like planet? And then like I got like, then they, and they kept calling it Jakku. And I was like, is that like a city on Tatooine? Like it was embarrassing. No. I anyway, mean, now that that's public. Fair, no, in the first trailer, I thought it was Tatooine as well. Because why and then, wouldn't we? Yeah, because the desert planet. The desert, all desert is the same. How many freaking desert planets could there possibly be? Why are there so many desert planets? Why are there desert planets as opposed to just deserts? (laughs) Yeah, like on a planet. Well, that's like kind of, okay, so this is total side, like, no, but that's the joy of this podcast, right? Yes. Um, Yes. Like, why are there planets that, it's like a water planet, a forest (laughs) planet. No, I know, and like, I have found, like, because I do a lot of space journalism, I found that that colors people's interpretation of what like plan actual pla- planets outside our solar oh, system will look like. And I'm like, you have to remember that like we have all these ecosystems it's, on our own no, planet. It's because of video games. Like, yeah, like, that's true. It's you're going to the water world. You're going to the fire world. Like this is because yeah. of Nintendo and Atari. Yeah. And like Sonic um, the Hedgehog. Like, yes. You had, like, country and then you have like the underground like lava land and yep. stuff yeah. yeah every every video game has a water world and it's the worst yep. world yes. and like same you drown you would drown and it's always like long and arduous and oh and the worst i mean naboo did have multiple ecosystems right it did yes naboo had like the land and then they had jar jar binks's whole underground underwater plant uh palace world thing right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, Naboo was more interesting, I think. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I almost feel like they, like, forgot that. They yes. Were, like, I don't know. Like, they were just like, let's just do, like, you know, planets with one, like, geographical yeah, type. Yeah, desert of... planet and then forest planet. And then that's it. That's, a, that's the only ecology <laughs> we have. And then snow planet. And, and, like, Yoda's planet was, like, the, the swamp planet, right? Yep. Right. It was, like, a giant, like, a I also don't think that people fully understand the size of these planets. Like, I think they're thinking, like, oh, it's not really a planet. It's, like, a small portion of the country. But it's, like, no, you cannot have an entire planet that's a freaking swamp. Like, (laughs) sorry, nerds. (laughs) It's, no, it is, it's, it is baffling. um, Okay, so Jakku, um, and we're, we meet Lore Santeca. Yes. Who is the guy that um, who totally confused me the first time I saw this? Right, I was you're like, like who, who are is you? This dude? Who did is you feel this? like you should know him? Yes, yes, because I did, and then I didn't, and I was like, I am not a good Star Wars fan. I don't <laughs> yeah. know who this one is. I was trying to figure out who he, I thought like he was somebody we should know, um, and we did not know him, and it was very very confusing because they don't ever say his name either. No, it was it was really jarring because yeah, same. I like. Minute, I'm sorry. I'm I like, didn't know his name until just now. Same. I was like, that's just yeah. the old man at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> his name is Lore Santeca, and he's part of like a cult of the force or like a like a 
but group this that is, worships this is what i'm talking about right like i know this is star wars but this is like almost what star wars has grown beyond yeah <laughs> like yeah like how are we supposed to know that i just thought he was an old dude who knew shit i mean stop you know <laughs> you can you, no, you all good oh, okay all good don't You're worry <laughs> We always like, put yeah, the I was just, just an old man and he knows things. And that's why we're talking to him. <laughs> it's <laughs> it makes not, sense to me. <laughs> not like Star Wars. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was, I was super confused. And I, I, I think I, I finally Googled it, like, after it came out on, like, who is this guy? And um, yeah, his name is Lor Santa. Did you look on Wikipedia? Probably. I looked at Wikipedia. <laughs> I looked at I look at I look Wikipedia at, for all of my Star Wars questions. Yeah, whenever I'm looking up anything, I look at Wikipedia. Well, I also, like, so much of the movie made more sense when I watched it with uh, captions. Oh, yes. Like, because I miss a lot in the theater. Like, I'm like, I'm like, again, I'm like that, like, Indian mom who's like, what did he say? No, I know, like, my God. And you're like, just let me watch the movie, mom. You're and you're like, like you're <laughs> What's going on? And you're just like, oh, like, that's me now. That's 100%. You are my mom. Yeah. And so I don't, but I don't, I don't ask the person I'm with because I don't want to be that guy. Right. But, and so I'll just wait till the movie comes out and then I'm watching it with subtitles and I'm like, oh, so that's what he said. (laughs) It's true though. Oh my God. Uh, (laughs) I was trying not to spit out some like water there. Okay. Um, Oscar um, Isaac. And then we, yeah, Oscar yeah, Isaac. I was oh, like, was, why are we taking so long to get to Oscar Isaac? I know. He looks so, <laughs> he looks so lovely in this movie. He's he really just, does. Oh, listen. Oh, Oscar Isaac. God bless the casting agents of this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were For, just straight up like, let's find a very pretty man. Yes. Yeah. All right. Here he is. <laughs> and and it's love- so exciting to have like two men of color yes. and a woman as the lead. Like it's, yeah. that's very exciting to I me. I mean, fingers crossed for more women of color. We're getting yes. Kelly Marie Tran, which is very exciting. We're always last. Last you know? place. We're always last. <laughs> Eventually they'll get to us. Eventually. Uh, but yes. I sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's my bitterness coming. Through. No, there's a lot of bitterness. It was like, yeah, rogue or rogue one discussion was, was very, a lot very of that. We're like a lot cool. of bitterness there. More dudes. Yes. Right. I know. <laughs> That's what we needed. Just what um, we needed. Yes. But okay, that said, so, Oscar Isaac is yeah. just such a joy in this. He is. Especially in his first scene with Kylo Ren, because I think that was the yes. moment I kind of relaxed. Like, like, who talks first? You talk first. Yes. I talk first. Like, I laughed out loud, and that was the moment I kind of relaxed and was like, okay, like, this movie is going to be, at worst, it's going to be okay, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be bad. Like, I think that was the moment, like, in my head it clicked that, um, hey, I might actually like this movie. I mean, he's he's just such, he's so good at, like, timing and... Um, and his relationship with his son, BB-8. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was yes. good. Yeah. And I mean, BB-8 in general, I thought, was a really cool character. Yes. Um, I think one of the only things that with with Oscar Isaac's character, uh, BB-8, I feel like you can't develop every character. And I totally get that. I thought we would get maybe a little bit more development of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't, I mean, it didn't feel like there was any at all. No. There, there um, it's just really he was isn't. the same guy. Um, and that's okay. But Originally, I think um, he was supposed to die. And yeah. 
they decided to bring I don't know actually why JJ Abrams changed his mind and brought him back. Well, I guess it's because he saw Oscar Isaac like nail and his role and he was like, yeah. I don't want to lose this character. But so, but like Oscar said. Isaac, yeah, there's interviews with him where he's like, I almost didn't take the role because the character was supposed to die, and I was like, What's the point? But that's um, yeah. like I agree with you, Saba. There is no development in this character, and it goes back to this like notion of having to like because when you read, you know, um, before the Awakening, the Greg Rucka book, it gives yeah. you all of that. Um, so this is our first glimpse of Kylo Ren as he like comes off of the the stormtrooper ship. I don't know the names of any ships. How can you not know? I'm just joking. Yeah, like tra- transport. The transport. Oh, nice. Sure. I'm assuming transport. that's what it's called. That's a yeah. No, you're Hold right. On. <laughs> the story the first order troop transport is what I'm yes. going with. Um, so we see him come come down, and it's it's a great scene. I think of him in these in the halfway through this movie. I realize I did not. I realized that like Kylo Ren wasn't wearing one long tunic dress thing, and that they were like cabana pants. No, he oh, has I the didn't best pants. cabana pants. They're, no, he has the best. I love actually, pants. they're not cabana pants. I thought they were cabana pants. They're long panels over like Judy thighs, basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So he's up now style. All right, I yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm gonna be real, guys. I was okay. So I was impressed with Kylo Ren at first. Okay. Right. But like the second Kylo Ren took off his mask, I was like, I am so not afraid of you anymore. Oh my god, I don't find him scary at all. No, at he's all. not scary. And I'm convinced it's because, you know, there's this um, line that they say to Kylo, right? Where it's, the First Order rose from the dark side, you did not. This whole thing is going to be a redemption arc for him, which is mm-hmm. sort of infuriating. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it would be braver to kill him. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Kill Kylo Ren! Kill Kylo Ren. Right, but, like, I mean, I get why they're going to do a redemption arc because, you know, they're not going to, especially because his dad died and stuff, they're not going to want, like, a full-fledged tragedy. But I do think that, I think that redemption when you killed your old man is, like, kind of hard. Like, that's going to be... Yeah, I agree. Like, I'm still, I'm going to, I'm almost going to feel the hate for him because he... This is why also... I am pretty, like, I am almost 90, I am almost positive, I am never 100% certain of Star Wars, but I'm almost positive he's not going to kill Leia. No, he's not going to kill Leia. No, I don't think he would. Because that just, I think, like, it's just, at the end of the day, the saga is the story of the Skywalkers, and he is a Skywalker, and I just don't, I I think it will be, they are leading to his redemption, and I think if he kills Leia, he's irredeemable. Like, I still think they can do it, it's hard with Han, but with Leia, it's not, it's not possible. Yeah. yeah, no, I I agree, and and you we were talking about him sort of coming off the transport and being so he was freaky in that scene. I thought mm-hmm. that was a really good villain intro scene. The, the, um, the shot of him stopping the laser from that Poe shoots is like that was when my heart stopped in the theater, and I was like, "This is a new kind of Star Wars movie." Yeah, I agree. That sure. was a very yeah. cool shot. I I really liked that shot. Um, but I do like that he's a different kind of Star Wars villain. Like we've seen Vader, who is, you know, he's different than Vader because he's insecure and he's unsure of himself. And I, I really like him as a villain. I'm not sure how much I'll like him 
him as a being redeemed. Like I'm willing, it's Star Wars, so I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. But I don't love that. Yeah, I'm not. I can't say I'm super excited because that's where I think it is going. I think this next movie is going to set that up. I agree. Yeah, it would be cool if he just like um, died. <laughs> if he died, but it also if he, it, I think it would be really fascinating if he embraced the dark side. Yeah, I and agree. You had. And you had that storyline, which I don't think we get enough, of the person who's a like jackhole, who you really want to be redeemed, but they're not, because that's the way the world is, right? Yeah. Yes. Like, you think about sort of the people who, whether it's in life, or whether it's, like, you know, on TV, or, or whoever, but the people who you want to be redeemed, and then there's a point that comes where you're just like, wow, it's not going to happen. Is right. <laughs> you know? Like, you can um, still have a complex, he can still be complex and be irredeemable. Right, exactly. No, for sure. I do think that, I think that was one of my, I mean, we're going into a different fandom here, but it was all sort of my, my issue with like the Harry Potter, uh, Voldemort as a villain is that mm-hmm. I think there's so many other villains in that book who are really fascinating. I always thought the Malfoys were really fascinating mm-hmm. and I wish there were more sort of nuanced villains like that in Star Wars. I feel right. like there aren't really enough. Like, people are just, they're just bad, you know? And I think this, this is kind of the first time they're doing something where it seems like, okay, maybe he's bad, but maybe he can be redeemed. That I am interested in, but I just, I don't know. I just don't feel it happening for him. I, I feel like Phasma, Like, I don't feel like it makes sense. Sorry. I feel like Phasma is much more interesting of a villain than Kylo Ren to me. Sure. Because okay. she is very, and it's only, she's only really been explored right now in the um, expanded, you know, in the, in the books and right. the, the book and the comic like she there hasn't been she is very much out for herself Uh, and like I think that is more interesting to me yeah no for sure yeah I mean I think we get a little bit I think we had the potential of that idea in the prequels the potential of exploring good and bad because Vader at his core is that villain right until the very very end he's yeah when we look at the story as a whole um of this kid who just is never truly redeemed. Yeah. Like you have yeah. that shot with him at Luke and he, he, he kills the empire, the emperor ultimately. But in terms of like, there are five movies, five most, almost six entire movies of his journey to complete darkness. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. I just, but, but going sort of back to that, scene in that shot I mean that was a really great opener yeah mm-hmm. um and I mean I think that it was what's the scene right after that because I'm forgetting now the scene right after that is, is that I think, where we meet well he takes we Ray he, he takes Poe and then yeah then we meet Ray okay yeah because I was gonna say I remember the juxtaposition between those two I thought was really cool mm-hmm. um and I love her opening scene. Oh, it's I so love good. that there's no music. Yes, it's just like, it's a scene where like Star Wars is so much of Star Wars is about the music and setting the tone of the music, and in this case, the lack of music sets the tone. Yeah, and then but when her theme comes in, it's my favorite song on the soundtrack. Her theme. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great one. It is this like really like you like sub. I agree. It's a great juxtaposition between the two of them. I mean that I think that's where a lot of theories exploded in terms of their relationship and what it is. I I don't I haven't really read the theories about what their relationship is. What are what are your guys' theories? 
I think, although I, okay, the first time I saw this movie, I was like, she is a Skywalker. Me like, too. Like, 100%. And I think I've been coming down from that ever since. I'm not sure, honestly, anymore. I know. I was so sold on it until it started being like, well, that's not really that. The storytelling wouldn't be as interesting if she was just Luke's daughter, right? Right. I right. still sort of think it's true. I think she's the kid of somebody we know. Right. They make too big a deal of her parents leaving her on Jakku yeah. um, for them not to be people we know. Yeah. Is there, I mean, like, did you guys ever, did, were you ever thinking about the, um, that, that she's a twin of, of, um, of Kylo Ren? Oh. I, I've heard that, I've heard that theory and like, I think what the reason that I didn't, because like back, you know, right after The Force Awakens, I read somewhere that their characters were supposed to be this, had to have the same age difference as they do in real life, which I think like she's in her, like something, it's something like six or eight years. Okay. But I don't, I don't remember where I read that. And I'm like, well, because I also, yeah, was it true? Or like, I read that, that, that in an interview somewhere, but also like some with an interview, I think with JJ Abrams somewhere, but also like they go back on that kind of stuff all the time. Right. I'm just, I always sort of wondered about that because it does, it does. Okay. So it seems a little obvious to me. Right. But at the same time, it's like you have the twins from before. Luke always seemed a little monkish to me. I know he's not fully monkish in like the, um, the expanded universe and stuff, but in, in the movies, he definitely struck me as so. Um, and as a result, like I kind of, I wonder about him having a daughter just because we don't necessarily know. Right. You know, it just, it, it didn't, but it fit more to me that, that they would be, they would be twins or siblings, uh, Kylo Ren and her. Yeah. Um, but they definitely have a bond. I mean, there's something, there's something there, like some sort of family, but I agree with you that like, uh, you know, um, you want like that, that, that there, there's probably some relation there. It's someone we've seen. Yeah, it's someone we've seen. And it's, I mean, the theories are what people think she's Obi-Wan's granddaughter or Palpatine somehow related yeah. to Palpatine. The, the Palpatine yeah. thing is really interesting to me yeah. because of the fights. It is very similar to the way Palpatine fights in episode three. Like it is like uncanny to me. And I was like, I have trouble believing that that's not deliberate for whatever reason. And there is that sort of interesting shot in the next movie, in the trailer anyway, where um, I think it's Luke who's saying to her, like, I've only ever seen this, like, once before, right. like, this type of power. And I'm wondering if that's, like, it's a red herring and we're thinking, oh, it's it's what's-his-face Darth Vader, but it's actually Palpatine. Um, just because, you know, Darth yeah. Vader was, like, you know, he was powerful, but Palpatine was clearly, like, you know, he was, he was king. <laughs> I know. I think it's one of three people, right? It's either Kylo Ren, Palpatine, or Vader that right. he's referring to. I, I was, like, I was definitely the one who thought Could it Vader. be Snoke? Also, I feel like we don't really know enough about. Yeah, him. yeah, we, we don't, don't know, know anything about him yet. Oh, we'll get to. Okay, back okay. to the plot. Okay, well, yeah. Okay, let's so let's keep going. <laughs> so then we we meet Ray on Jakku. Yes, and it has like just she's just such a wonderfully like immediately quirky character, which I usually yes. really hate the word quirky, but I in this respect I like how I I think it tr- is true to the idea of what the word means, which is not to say this like. Made a crazy dream girl, but 
She's interesting though. She's like, yeah, she's, she's, she's kind of, she's doing her own thing and yes. she's not, she doesn't fit a cookie cutter. Exactly. Sort of. And I mean, manic pixie dream girl is in its own way, a cookie cutter type of character. Right. Exactly. Right? So it's and like, I think she's it's, not that. It's not that it's, it's taking almost ownership of that idea of like quirkiness and that she hasn't grown up around people like the way she moves and the way she like eats like, one of my favorite scenes is when she puts oh, the helmet on her head. Yeah. And is just like chewing. Yeah. And looking. And yeah. I just, it gives you so much information in like a, a scene with no dialogue. I loved it. I thought it was just such a yeah. I love how long there is intro. no dialogue. Yeah. 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 I agree. I thought that effective. was, that was really cool. Um, and I think, I mean, and, you know, just like moving forward a little bit, because I think we're, you know, otherwise we could just like dwell on just the intros forever. But I, I really loved her and Finn's first interaction. Yes. Yes. Um, I thought that that was not overly like, look, girl power, you know, but just enough to where it matches her personality. And it's the way I want to see things because she's yeah. genuinely like mystified by like him defending her. She's just like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah, I know. Like, she's like, just been you? relying on herself for so long. Like, why would you, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I just I thought that was really well done. And I really like that. about but it. But then it's also um, it shows that he has been a member of a team for so like it also reveals a lot about him. Like him, he's been sure. a member of yeah. a team. Like, he's been a stormtrooper. Like he cares about the people he's, you know, fighting with and. Um, I think it it does reveal a lot about him as yeah, well. Their, yeah, their meeting is really their meeting is great for each of their individual characters and learning more about them. I think Finn and Poe's meeting is my favorite hmm. because it's the yeah, start that's of great. This, like this other relationship that I really enjoy, and I'm so glad that they didn't kill off Oscar Isaac. Yes, because I, yeah, I'm really glad they didn't too. Because I think that that he's him and th that relation. You don't see. I don't know. Like I think it is kind of a reflection of the Luke Han relationship a mm -hmm. little bit. But I like that they're friends. Yeah, you know, like they're not competitive right away. Like it's it sucks to kind of see just like as a as a mom of boys. You know, mm -hmm. it's nice to see just a friendship between two dudes as yeah. opposed to like you know, we're competing for the same chick or whatever. Right. Yeah, it seems like they're going to have their own relationship that doesn't even involve any sort of, like, triangle or any of that. Right, yeah. Which is yeah. awesome. And it's the two of them, it's, like, through necessity, but the minute Poe, like, names Finn, like, Ugh. it's, I, you know, it, it like, yeah. I... Yeah, yeah, it's great. I love it. I think it's just, a, and Oscar Isaac and... I feel like John Boyega would have, like, both of them have chemistry with literally everybody. And so you put them yeah. together and you're like, I don't know if I want you to be best friends or if I want you to make out. But, like, something. Right? Like, it happen. is confusing. I'm like, do I ship you? Or, <laughs> right. like, what do I feel? I don't know. It's very confusing. <laughs> I feel a lot of things. They just, like, they're... I ship you with me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're still, they are so good together. And, you know, you don't like, you forget how little screen, what little screen time they have together because yeah. they're both so good. But it's that, so you know, they're good. on screen for maybe what five in the entire movie. They have maybe, maybe five minutes of screen time, yeah. but it's just so good. They're oh. so good together. Yeah, I agree. It's so good. And so you have them like escaping after, after, we get to see Kylo Ren torturing Poe, which is pretty terrifying. Um, watching Finn and Poe get out of 
the um, Star Destroyer, whatever ship they're in, is one of my favorite sequences in the movie, I think. Yeah. Just and we're like, like Poe is like teaching him how to kind of fire. Yeah, like, but Poe is like, so Poe is clearly that character who's like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm going to sell it like I do and it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like Poe was a middle child. <laughs> yeah, I know he, he was. Like I just and was. I thought it was actually kind of cool how they both I mean Finn doesn't necessarily have a ton of confidence, right? At right. the beginning. Yeah. He's, you know, he's like figuring out his independence and, and all that kind of stuff. And again, I think it's an it's a nice sort of callback to Luke when he first leaves, right? And he's like also figuring that out. Like he's never been off Tatooine before. Right. And you know, Finn has never been not a stormtrooper. Yeah. Um, though I do like kind of wonder about like stormtrooper childhoods. Like when did they start putting on the uniform? And like, <laughs> I don't know. Like it was just, it made me curious about that stuff. But, um, but yeah, like I think that it, it does, it does a really good job of realistically portraying like what it would be like for somebody to get out of that situation. I did feel like he recovered pretty quickly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, this isn't a TV show. So like, right. generally if it was a TV show, it'd be like, you know, a quarter season arc, right? Where right. you're like, he's had a couple episodes, you know, figure he's like figuring himself out and, you know, recovering from like the, you know, terrible thing he went through. Um, but that's not what this is. So I yeah. think it worked for what it was. Yeah. And then you have this like, General Hux appears, right? Right after Ooh, this. Yeah. Um, after they crash land or whatever, maybe right before they crash land. I don't know. Um, Hux appears, and I, Domino Gleason's so good in this role that I didn't yeah, know is. it was him. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know that I've ever seen him in anything before he, this. He's in Harry Potter. Oh, oh who's that's Harry Potter. He's Bill. He's Bill Weasley. He's oh Bill. my God, he is Bill I, Weasley. Right. Yeah, yeah oh he, my God. he. Um, yeah, I didn't recognize him either for the same reason. Like when I, when, like I, I remember when he was cast as Bill Weasley, and I was like, okay, that matches because like Bill's supposed to be like super hot or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and but I, when I saw this, I was like, like he was, you know, he was cute in Harry Potter. And then when I saw this, I didn't know. I did not know it was the same person. Like, yeah. No. That like <laughs> okay, yeah. he's so severe and like all angles and. Lots of spitting, yelling. Lots of spitting yeah. and you know, fascism, so. Yeah. <laughs> right. Lots if, of that. <laughs> um, I think he is incredible. Um, and I love this scene. Like, they, like, I mean, I don't know. I, keep, I feel like we keep saying this, but this movie is so well cast. Like, just the few minutes that he spends, like, that scene with um, Kylo, it establishes their relationship so quickly. Yes. Very antagonistic. Like there's like a, it's like a, it's almost like a sibling rivalry. <laughs> I feel like it's like it's like a enemies to lovers scenario. They <laughs> hate each other so much with such vitriol that if this was like, a romance, like Draco and Terry. Yes, right. If it was a romance, like, it had that it would dynamic to me. Absolutely yeah, absolutely. End up with them like dating. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's so, yeah, yeah, it's yeah a that's a, that is a, that is a really, it's a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, no, it is. Like, I'm thinking of that. I'm like, oh, I'm sure there's plenty of shippers out there for that, that couple. Oh, there is. I can't Actually, remember what the, like, um, but I'm calling them I'm the Ren. I'm not knowing. No, it's Ren, Ren Hux emo space boyfriends. Okay. That's who they are. I love that you know this. <laughs> no, I just made that up. I have no idea. Oh, you just made it up. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what their actual ship name is. 
Um, okay, so then after that... Um, it's the escape scene from Jakku, which has this line in it that I really loved, and I don't know if they wrote it in response to people being angry about having a black stormtrooper or what, but when Ray finds out that um, Finn is with... When she thinks he's with the Resistance, he goes, this is what we look like. Some of us. Others look different. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's a great line. It's, this movie is, I think, the funniest Star Wars movie to me. Like, it's got yes, so much just, yes. like, quiet humor. Yeah. And it's current. Yeah. I mean, what's hard with the the original trilogy if, is that the humor is a little dated. Yeah. You know? It is. Yeah. I, I, You can definitely see, like, the influence of, like, you know, like, it reminded me of, of the Star Trek movies, the new ones. Yes. Yeah, like it was that same kind of type of like tongue and cheeky type humor, which is fine. I, I like that, but I felt yeah. like it was a little bit more classic, which I liked. Yes, um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you could definitely tell the the star like Abrams practiced on Star Trek before coming over <laughs> before here. Before yeah. coming over, yeah, exactly. But like, I, um, I think he did. A, I agree. I think he did a great job, like keeping it consistent with Star Wars instead of you know doing you know making it making more like it Star Abrams. Trek. Or, yeah, yeah exactly. I was really worried about the lens flares. I'm not gonna lie, and there wasn't a single one. I don't think. Yeah, I'm sure they probably were like, I'm no, sh- no, yeah. edit it out. No, nope, can't do it. Change Sorry, it. come on. <laughs> and then um, there's the entrance of Han Solo and Chewie, the Millennium Falcon. Oh my God, no, you Falcon. Oh, go we haven't done the Millennium. Like, yet. you can't. Yes. That sequence, I this is the sequence where I'm like, I do not understand how people don't like this movie. That yeah. sequence of Ray flying the Millennium Falcon is so awesome. I'm like, I was like, I like watch it between my fingers because yes. the amount she just like bounces the Falcon and when it just yeah. drops, yeah, <sighs> I'm like, oh, yeah. oh no, that was that was a really, really, really great chase scene. Like it was just. And it wasn't too long, which is no. my biggest issue with a lot of chase scenes is that, like, they just go on forever. And you're like, okay, I get the point. Like, <laughs> I should be stressed out right now. But, no, I thought it was really well done. So, like, the first time I saw this movie, I actually had to go to the bathroom when Han Solo comes. No! So, like, I had to go to the bathroom. So, I missed that whole thing. So, it's like I leave. And they're, like, getting chased. And then, or, you know, out in space or whatever. And I come back. And there's, like, these, like... And they they meet Hansel and there's these like monsters like those weird <laughs> octopus things or whatever which were disgusting yeah. by the way like ew um, but such an excellent um, such an excellent like intro to one of our favorite characters. My only issue with that scene is that like the accents I think on the um, the like the people who were trying oh, to get agree yeah, the whole like I'm just like come on it's like, like unconscious bias. It's like way to other them. It's like the, you know, like the white ones yeah. speak English and then yep. the brown ones speak some weird dialect. Yeah, like that. I was just like, that's annoying. But yeah, you it know, was I, unnecessary. Right. Exactly. Right. It was unnecessary in the same way. Like I think something and you and I have talked about how in Clone Wars, the TV yes. show, they used Hindi music for one of the pirate outposts to signify that they're pirates, <laughs> and you're like. I understand these words. Like, why would you use this 
It's a real, wow. lo- just make yeah. something And it's up. not like once. It's like every time they show that pirate den, there's Hindi yeah, music playing. Yeah, there's Hindi music playing. And you're like, super weird. These pirates really like Bollywood Right, movies. it was so <laughs> weird. That's a choice. But there's also another thing, there's another part of the scene that I really hated, and that's when Ray doesn't take credit for saving Finn's life. And I yeah. don't know why. Like, there's nothing in her... All Finn's wanted to do is, like, save her, basically, and she saves him, and there's no reason that she wouldn't own that in her character from what we've yeah. seen. Yeah. Well, I, the only thing I can think in my head is that maybe she's getting attached to him and she doesn't want to acknowledge that she cares. Yeah, I... Uh, no. She's such a loner, but it doesn't seem like... I, she's earnest enough to where it seems like she would. Right. I feel like it, it was... It was the product of dudes writing it yes, and exactly. not even thinking about it. I agree. And just not even thinking about it. You know, like, I, I think that that, and the thing is, is, you know, when you sort of, as a woman, you often do have to take credit even when you feel uncomfortable, because if you don't, yeah. someone else is either going to, or you're going to get screwed some other way. Yes. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So, I think that that's something that's probably stood out to us, but very specifically because we're women and yeah. we know that dynamic I agree you know um where do they go I'm sorry I'm like forgetting even though I just saw this like two weeks ago um where do they go after is that where they go to when they go then to they the, go to Matt Ma- 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 yeah, Ma- yeah, yeah, yeah we have a break um <laughs> we have a break as Han you know they get away from those like yeah. sucky alien things and Han is like sort of telling them what's happening but as usual in Star Wars, just withholds key information for no yep. reason whatsoever. Um, but then it cuts to Kylo Ren. Yeah. Talking to Darth Vader's helmet. Yeah. And, like, did his <laughs> parents teach him nothing? Like, I don't, I, I have so many questions about how he got that helmet. And how he got to that point. Like, did Luke just not, and I could, sure, maybe he didn't just not tell the story of what happened to Leia? Well, okay, so I sort of think about a lot of the people who... Have you guys read... This is this is a tangent, but I swear it has a point. Have you guys <laughs> read um, the Grisha trilogy? I, uh, book? Uh, yes. I read the new, the new series, but not the original. Yeah, I read okay. the Grisha trilogy. Okay, so in the Grisha trilogy, um, there's a character called the Darkling. Mm-hmm. and he's he's evil um and he's abusive and he's manipulative and he's like this really like horribly villainous character and he's also like 11 d like he's super old um even though he looks young and there are a ton of people who like adore the darkling right like they 100 percent ship him they think he's wonderful mm. and if you listen to Lee chat about it, she's always like, I'm always surprised at how many people like sort of view the Darkling as a romantic character. And I think that a big part of him sort of, you know, being like grandfather, like I love you, whatever, is that I think he does to some degree because he's gone, he can't, he doesn't see the reality mm-hmm. of what that was of who this person was. So it's like, he could hear all the stories he wanted, but he's going to impress his own issues his own wants and desires and, you know, onto this character, um, the way that a lot of people do onto villains. It's like, it's a very weirdly human thing where it's like, you know, just like think of all the people who write to like crazy mass murderers in prison. Right. (laughs) I mean, like, 
it is a weird thing that we do. So that's sort of like when I saw that, that's kind of what I was thinking where I was like, oh, he just has a really warped view of this person. Like it might be his family history and he might, but he might've just been that kid in the family who's like, he never quite fit in. And so he turned to this dead person who he thought would understand him, but you know, obviously probably wouldn't. (laughs) I think that's my question though, is that at the end, Vader disavowed all of that. And so, but I don't think that that's just judging from what I've read of, um, like, I don't think that that's, it's not, it's definitely not common knowledge. And it's also like like, judging just from bloodline, um, Mm -hmm. the book by Claudia Gray, Leia has such a, terrible relation like she hasn't even come to terms with the fact that vader was her father by that point she's right. lived with the knowledge for a long time and it's you know safe to like I, is, I i would imagine but it, that it she had it feels a little bit like we're going down the path and and this is extra extrapolation extrapolation thank you i'm gonna get that no word out extrapolation um but so if based on bloodline like we have a certain idea of what Luke did or did not share. But if Luke is teaching these kids, he's pulling a Jedi, which is to say not giving them all the information and like, right, right, right. right? Like it's, it's, he's withholding information, key information, which Obi-Wan did both with Luke and with Anakin, which Yoda did with Luke and with Anakin. And Luke survived and excelled despite, Obi-Wan and Yoda. Anakin fell because of the way that they did or did not teach him. So it's frustrating that this is, seems to be, and maybe this is all wrong, but seems to be an unchanged idea of how to teach the Jedi. Yeah, I also think that it's interesting that you have this idea that, um, I think it's, I don't remember who says it, maybe it's Han who says it, but this idea that he's like, yeah, he had a you know, an apprentice or whatever, um, mm-hmm. a student who turned to the dark side, and then he quit. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, yeah. come on, like, grow, like, grow a pair. Like, he's such well, a baby. Like, compare that to what Leia did. She lost her son. She lost her husband. She lost her brother. And yet she's, st- you know, she's, she's still... She's still of the resistance wall because she's a woman. Yeah. We're much stronger. Yeah, exactly. But like, yeah. Um, but, but I think that that's another thing that, I mean, I don't know if they're going to address it, you know, but this idea that you would just... If you're a teacher and you're giving up at the sign of one student going rotten on you, like that's pretty pathetic. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> true. No, it's true. And my my thought is like, did he think the it was the world, the universe, or the galaxy, whatever, was better off without the Jedi? Like, like is that why sure. he left? Like yeah, he just like, was like, it's better that this be done. Reason. And or... that's like the only that's the only way I can kind of justify it in my head. But I also like the idea of what Preeti was saying with it being a cycle with the Jedi. Withhold, he made the same mistakes as the people who became before him. And he that's why he is the last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that you, I mean, in fantasy, you, de- you definitely have that um, trope a lot, right? So yes. like, yeah. I don't know if you guys have read um, Terry Brooks, yeah. uh, the Shannara series, but- I- Um, so it's, um, there's a kind of a similar order. They're called like the Druid order and it's like much more fantastic, uh, fantasy, but, uh, that, that theme of like, you know, the teacher sort of doesn't really tell the truth and does and, you know, hides things is there. And then you actually have a student at one point who's like, 
you know, I hate you guys. You really suck. You always hide things. And if I ever become like you, I'm not going to hide things. And then lo and behold, he ends up hiding stuff. Right. (laughs) Um, So it makes me sort of wonder if it's, if there's something within like the Jedi teaching that like, it's, it's like increments, you know, where they're like, okay, you're going to let people know, but you're going to let people know over time. Or if for Luke, it was just such a painful experience that he, I mean, you know, do we know if he even told Leia about what his dad said? Like, did he just keep that to himself? Like, or is that, you know? Right. And we don't yeah. know, right? We don't know what we don't know he told her. Who knows what, which is yeah. frustrating because it's hard, you know, as women watching this, it's hard not to see the gendered politics. I mean, no one, Leia of the three is given the shaft the most in the original trilogy. Right. She's never allowed to explore her own feelings and has never given her due in terms of story, which is a product of the times, of course. But we're getting such a wonderful exploration of her through the, you know, extra materials, through the expanded universe in the books and in the comics that I don't want this these movies now to do the same thing to her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's that's totally fair. Um, what did you guys think when she finds the lightsaber, when Ray finds the lightsaber? Oh, my God. I was like, who went crawling through the tunnels of Cloud City to find that hand right? and the lightsaber? <laughs> I mean, the that's, that's where you're like, is it a red herring or is she a daughter? Like, is she someone's daughter yeah. or whatever? Like, Because like, it calls to her, right? Right. It's like that whole idea and, of, like, the crystals. Right. You know? Calling to you. Right. Somebody else's crystal can call to you. Like, that's somebody else's crystal can call to you, and that doesn't mean that you're related. Right. Or, so that, I mean, that's, I still think that you you guys are right that there's like seeing the parents. But okay, here's a question How much do you think the parents really should matter? Like, should it, should it always be that some people have to be related, um, or there has to be sort of like that connection? Or, you know, can it be that this is, I I think it would also be really cool if she doesn't, you know, she doesn't have any connection to them other than that she was trained when she was really young because she had the force. Um, And that's it. (laughs) I don't know. Part of me is like, we deserve to have, it's this, you know, it's the Skywalker tragedy is what we've been watching, right? And we deserve to have a female represent that family in a front and center sort of way. But the other side of me is like, who really cares? Yeah. I, I I have mixed feelings on it because we did get that in a lot of respects with Anakin. Like he was, you know, nobody. I mean, he was born of the midi chlorians or whatever. Uh, Right. Sure. Sure. But (laughs) I like the idea. Like, I, I mean, I'm torn because a, I like the idea that she is nobody that any of us can be, you know, basically the chosen one that it doesn't matter your, you know, who you like, who your parents are doesn't matter. What it matters is who you are and it can happen to anybody. But the flip side of that is the storytelling part of me wants it to exactly, be. Exactly. Yeah. I want there to be a larger connection with him as a Star is, Wars fan. They always talk about, you know, the whole point of the prequels is that there was a chosen one and that yeah. Anakin was the chosen one. And people say that they got it wrong and it was Luke. I still think it was Anakin all along because he killed the emperor so that well it's like the idea you sort of you're presupposing the idea that bringing balance to the force is a good thing right right and it's like well it's possible that maybe 
you know, if you're bringing balance to the force, maybe that means something other than let's make the force good, you know, yeah, or right. let's, like, you know, maybe I, it means something completely different. Like let's a, destroy the Jedi. amoral, right? Right. It should be. Yeah. Not nothing. It's but not about morals. It's a, you know, yeah, it's, it's about, it's more about of a force of nature, which doesn't really have good or bad exactly. as opposed to like what we impose upon it, you know, which is morality, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, you know, the Jedi well, technically, you know, they kind of impose their morality upon the force they because do. they're using for X or Y or Z. And then as a result, it's automatically, no matter what you do, it's going to become flawed right. because and humans are flawed. In Rebels, we meet Bendu, which is that idea. Bendu is neither good nor bad, but he's a creature of the Force. And he can uh-huh. use both sides. He's like, can use both sides of the Force. Yes. Okay. And okay. It's ex- I think the movie is going to explore that. I hope. Like, the, I, I, I think the idea is bringing, like, I pretty we've talked about this before, but it's, a, it's not about bringing the Force overall into balance. It's about bringing it into balance within one person. Right. Like, being mm. able to use both the light and the dark sides both of the light is, and the dark. Which is right. kind of what Kylo Ren represents in a way, you know, when he's sitting there and he says, I feel the light calling to me. He can do right. it. He embraces both sides. Or, right. he, he embraces the dark side, but has the ability to embrace the light, as everyone does. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just so complicated, and I don't... Like, it was so funny, because for so long, I've been so sure of where they were taking it. And I think that's why I'm so nervous about The Last Jedi, because I don't think they're taking... I'm not sure anymore that they're taking it in the directions I thought they would. And I think it'll be good, but I just... I don't know. It will be it will be sad if it becomes something generic. Uh, yeah. Think. Like that's where sort of I my worry lies is like, you know, please don't make this just the story we expect. Cause to some degree, um, and I don't know if you still guys still want to go scene by scene or if you want to get closer to the end uh and discussing like the end, but um to some degree, like when I finished watching the movie, it's like, yes, I definitely enjoyed it. Yes, I thought it was fast paced. I thought it was an homage to the original, but I wanted just a little bit more originality in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I Yeah, I've seen, yeah. I agree to an extent because I think this movie had a lot of work to do beyond just story. I think mm-hmm. that when this movie came out, it had been a long time since we'd gotten good Star Wars story. And so it had to prove that it could mm-hmm. give us what we were expecting in the sense of like, when I walk into a Star Wars movie, I know what I'm getting. We didn't get that from yeah. the prequels. People got burned really, really badly. Yeah. And I feel like this movie had to take ownership of that yeah. and bring it back to... It was like a palate cleanser a little bit. It was like bringing it back to what we know. Yeah. But yeah. that said, what Lucasfilm and what Disney is doing with story in the extended universe is so interesting that I kind of think they're not going to let it be generic. I hope. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. I mean, um, they took risks with but, Rogue One. But, okay, right? so then going... Sorry. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. I said they took risks with Rogue One, which... Yeah. Kind of puts me in the position of saying, like, I trust you to not do what I've expected from the idea of narrative. I hope. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But um, I don't know that they would take the same risks with the mainline trilogy as they would with the sure. standalone. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. 
Um, where does the big battle at the end happen? I've like again, like I'm like I thought that it happened um, at like the. Yeah, it happens on Star Killer Base. On Star Killer yeah. Base, that's yeah, right. So on okay. the planet. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, what did you like? Okay, so like that final battle where, like, I thought that final battle between, particularly between Ray and um, Kylo Ren, I thought that was like really well done. Yes, um, I thought that lightsaber battle was excellent. Was excellent. Yeah, that was that was one of I think what I felt like that was one of the strongest uh, scenes in the film is that scene because especially the way it ends. And like, you know, the big chasm that opens between them. Like, I just thought it was everything about it was great. Everything mm-hmm. about it is great. I agree. And I, know people, I thought, I thought. Well, it's like people were upset because they were like, Ray beat him. Like, he just, Chewie just shot him. Yeah, Chewie shot him. killing his best friend. Like he was, yeah, like he was injured. Like, yes. Um, yeah. I don't think it was weird that she beat him. I agree. No, I, I don't like, think so either. Yeah. But I know there was a lot of people who came out of this movie like Ray's a Mary Sue. And, like, that's what Star Wars is. I was, Luke was a Mary Sue. He was just all yeah, really and good at and stuff. Yeah, and the other thing is, is that, like, okay. And you have to also consider, like, okay, you know, there's this idea of the chosen one, right? Like, right. you know, they're the chosen one, they're the only one. And there are, there are definitely yeah. movies and stuff where it really is, okay, they're the chosen one. But I think that there are other stories in which and like you know it's definitely something that I try to do in my own work where it is a person's choices that makes them yes, the chosen one. agreed yeah. right and I felt like with Ray to some degree it was her choices that made her the chosen one mm-hmm. yeah um she chose to help Finn like you know she cho- and like yes she's kind of being driven off the planet but there's so many places where she could have done something else and she didn't yeah um and, she chose and I to think that that's BB-8. sort of what makes her not Exactly. And it's like, I, I think that that's what makes her, it's like if she is a Mary Sue, you know, or if she is falling into tropes, then it's because of her own choices, which to mm-hmm. me absolves the narrator of those tropes a little bit, because yeah. there's a reason for them. It's not just like, you know, there is a prophecy about you. Right. You know I mean? Right. Like, and now you've got to do the thing. Like that's, you know, that to me is a little bit weaker than, than something like that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, there is just, that whole sequence is so great and, and gives rise to this idea of how are they connected. But also leading up to that Kylo Ren killing Han, yeah. which yeah, I think we knew Harrison Ford has been very vocal about how he's wanted them to kill off Han Solo for years and years and years. Yep. And so... I, I was still surprised. Right. I was still surprised the way it happened. Yeah. 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 It was like it, it hit me. Like I was just, I was really sad. I was like, no. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, for sure. Off. And like, when when <laughs> Leia like sits down because she feels him die. Yeah, yeah, like, that was. It was hard seeing. I will say, I've. It's hard. This. I can't. Still can't watch it. Yeah, like, I it look was, away. It was. This was the first time I've watched the movie since Carrie Fisher died last year, and that was difficult to see her. Yeah in this role that was rough yeah Um, no it it definitely I think you feel it more um and I don't know like I get I totally get while they're while they're why they were like you know Han Solo you know should be killed off and stuff but 
It also hit me just like how much older Harrison Ford was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like just the characters ages, I think really. And I imagine it's probably because I'm like being affected by my own mortality. Like, you know, <laughs> we're all nerds, but that means that like, you know, when we were younger, at least like maybe in our uh, very like, I don't know, like late childhood, like eight, nine, ten, you know, is when um, like I started really understanding Star Wars, even though it had been out for a very long time at that point. Um, but you know, I was in my teens or late teens actually when the, um, no early teens, sorry, when the, um, the new movies came out Mm -hmm. and you know, it was like, you have a expectation for how things are going to be. And then those movies were just like, Oh, you know, I didn't, I did not love them. Um, and so, you know, going into this, I'm kind of looking at this thinking like, wow, like these are all like my, some of my favorite characters, but I'm never going to see them the way I did when I was a kid Mm -hmm. because that's life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's only so much CGI, you know. So, um, I think it definitely hit me for that reason too, because like when I came out of the theater, I, like I, it was with my brothers. We all went to see it together, and I was just like, "Oh my god, we're so old." <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We are. Oh god. Um. So there's this awful sequence. The you know, I know there was like talk about why is it so similar to getting rid of the Death Star? Like all you have to do is like break this like oscillator or whatever it is and like that was fine I was like it's fighters like try x-wings trying to like beat something we have to watch like an awesome lightsaber duel like I'm into it that's yeah the thing is I understand the criticisms but in some cases I'm not watching this as a critic I'm watching it as a fan like you know I I don't actually know critics are fans like I don't want to get into that but I'm not watching it with a critical mind yes I'm just well, you're you 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 have to to some degree you have to let yourself get carried away by story, right? Exactly. Right, and it's like yes, there are things that are unrealistic, but at the same time, we are freaking in space, you know, with all these yeah. aliens, and like you know, they can all speak to each other. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like, come on, like if I'll you want, gonna go with this. Like if you okay. want realistic, like just you know, you're in the you're in the wrong movie. Right. You know? Agree. Right. There's a point at which I think you do have to you have to let the story carry you. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're like, not doing that, then it's like, of course you're going to look at that and be like, what is this? You know? So there is one more, I think, controversial moment that happened um, in this movie. And it's when Leia moves to hug Ray first when they get back from um, Starkiller base. And she doesn't hug Chewie first. And a lot of people had, like, a really big issue with that. They were like, that doesn't make sense. But I think I read it as an instance of Leia recognizing that she needs to put away her pain for a minute and help this person, which we've seen her do time and time and time again. Yeah. Also, series. Chewie doesn't really like to be touched. So yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say Chewie probably wanted to go off by himself. Yeah, as I he agree. does. That's we see him do. Like he sits by himself and he needs to process his grief before. Mm-hmm. And Leia's not the type to demand that someone else cater to her. Yeah, uh, her needs rather than respecting others. And She's- also, like I will also say that Chewie was loyal to Han. Right. You know, like, he was never necessarily loyal to her. And, like, when he went off to, like, go do his thing, like, you know, Chewie didn't stay with Leia to, like, be with the Resistance. He left along with Han. And it's like, so his loyalty was to him. And so, okay, yeah, sure, you know, maybe, you know, she should have given him a hug or whatever. But (laughs) I don't think it's controversial. Like, I don't. 
see that as an issue. Yeah, she also like, did give him a medal, so maybe she hates. Him. They hated him the whole time. <laughs> yeah, she's just like they actually really scary. hate each other. The girlfriend yeah. and the best friend. I know. No, I don't. I think that's kind of. I think that that when you're getting to like that, like I understand like the emotional. I feel like that is based on our emotional needs and not necessarily the characters. Like, yeah. do you want to see them yeah. hug? Because we all are sad. Yes, and it's not necessarily what the characters would do in that situation. Agreed. We're all on the uh, same page. Can we talk about the ending? <laughs> Let's can do we it. talk about? Can we talk about Luke's majestic gray hair? Yep. Yeah. And the island, which is like in the middle of nowhere. And how tortured he looks. I know. So and the I love the metal angst. hand. Oh, the I love hand. <laughs> what I it like I thought it was a great ending. Like I, I was too. like, I'm here for this. Like I, I wanted so the next afraid. one. I was so afraid in the theater when like they were the whole resistance, you know, was like watching um uh, Ray and Chewie go on that like that's where it was going to end and we weren't going to see Luke and I was about to like throw oh my god they had to give it to us yeah, yeah. they, they did the other to. thing is I kind of like kind of suspected that Luke was not going to be major right because this is a series we know this he is going to be he she has been you know they have been looking for this guy we know this too right um and you know he's he's a he's somebody who was not in the trailers at all. Yeah. And he I is just, the like, yeah, he, exactly. He like, like it, it, he just, to me, it just felt like, you know, th- he's probably not going to show up at all, you know, very much. And if he does, it's going to be like one scene at the very, very end, you know, but they, but ultimately, you know, they found him. And I think that's where you're going with this. And sometimes to put, you know, the achievement of, you know, the goal of your story in the very last scene. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, I think that works because it just hooks you in for the next. I think it worked so well. And it was a cliffhanger in a it was a cliffhanger in a non-frustrating way, which yeah, is really hard I to agree. do. Like, I still felt satisfied with that ending. Right. But it was a cliffhanger. But you still were like, but also I really want the next movie. Yeah, but it wasn't right. like I didn't, like get mad because I got the payoff I wanted. Yes. But I also kept me like hooked for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Oh, so wow. So good. good. All right. Well, that well, was thank the you first weekend for having me on. Yeah. Yes, um, thank you so much. No, no problem. And if you end up doing one of these for the next one, let me know. I'm always happy to be a guest. <laughs> a guest on your show. We definitely will. Yes, we'll be doing more rewatches in the future, um, yeah. more targeted episodes. But Saba, tell people where they can find you and and yes, how to support you. Um, okay, so you can find me on Instagram um, at Sabatahir, S-A-B-A-A-T-A-H-I-R. Twitter is the same. Facebook is the same. <laughs> um, um, and um, thankfully, I do not have a very common name. Um, and then my website is sabatahir.com. And you can support me by buying my books. Yay! Um, my first one is called An Ember in the Ashes. And my second one is A Torch Against the Night. And book three is coming out in May of next year. So and that's soon. called A Reaper of the Gates. That's so far! Yes. Sorry! <laughs> <laughs> so much editing! Oh my god! <laughs> But thank you guys for having me on. It was really, really nice. I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, we'll see you around. I look forward to listening. Yes.
Um, so thank you guys for listening. That was our discussion um, of The Force Awakens. Thank you so much for to Saba Tahir for joining us. Yes, uh, and really quick, if you, um, we're on kind of a weird schedule this month because yes. this recording got delayed a little bit. If you may have noticed that it was in two parts um, because we had some issues, um, but whatever, they're done now. So our next episode will come out on the Saturday after The Last Jedi. I don't remember the date right now. It's I know. It's And that Saturday will be our the 16th. Last, yep, and that will be our Last Jedi discussion. And then our regular episode will come the week after Christmas. Yes. Um, if you want to get a Desi Geek Girls holiday card, there is still time. Um, just become a patron on our Patreon, a dollar, because that I think is the smallest donation you can do. Yep. Um, or more gets you by December 15th. Um, we'll get you a holiday card, which we just and designed. And they're really cute. And they're really they're awesome. They're so cute. I love them. Um, but it's patreon.com slash Desi Geek Girls. Uh, we are still very excited that we're a part of the Hard Knock Life podcast network. Um, you can catch all of those shows over on Nerds of Color. Um, the I was ju- I just guested on uh, Southern Fried Asian, which is in the Hard Knock Life network, and that episode will be dropping in the next week or so, and we're excited about that. Um, to our Patreon supporters, thank you to I, Ben, and Very Smelly. Fazia and Anne Marie at the $10 level, and Sam, Jordan, Annie, Megan, Claire, Brian, Robert, and Gayatri at the $5 level. Um, again, December 15th, you pledge a dollar or more, you will get a holiday card. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Daisy Geek Girls. I am at Run With Skizzers. I'm at S. Krishna. So uh, please rate us on iTunes. It helps people find the show. And until yeah. next time, we'll, we'll see, see you in hell! hell!